Welcome to Divorce Explained, the podcast where we answer your questions and navigate the process of divorce together. Sharing real stories and personal experiences, this is your guide through it all. With your hosts, family law specialist Steve Benmore and divorce lawyer and strategist Leanne Townsend. So we have an interesting case we're talking about today. Yes, and I actually think that we ain't seen nothing yet in terms of the evolution of the topic. Um, but I'm going to let you pick it off and introduce it to the audience because I believe we, we mischaracterized today's topic. The post was on another topic, which we'll get to, but you go ahead and tell us what we're going to talk about today. Yes. So there's a case that was released. Uh, it is an American case. Um, so it didn't happen here in Canada, but that's not to say that, that it couldn't or that the trend uh, isn't that way. Um, but it's a case out of Chicago and essentially the parents um, were uh, in front of a judge um, on other matters, actually. Um, they weren't even discussing um, what eventually happened. Um, but um, during the course of the proceedings, uh, the judge asked the mother what her vaccination status was and she uh, had not been vaccinated she said that she'd had adverse reactions to uh, other vaccines in the past and so that was why she was not getting vaccinated and during the so as a result of that the judge ordered that she be stripped of her parental rights to visit her son until she had been vaccinated and what you know that's shocking in itself but that issue wasn't even being raised by the opposing party that wasn't even one of the reasons why they were in court the judge just did this on um his own initiative um and so the mother you know as of the time that um you know the article was written that highlighted this case she had not been able to see her son because she had not yet gotten vaccinated so it's a very interesting, newsworthy, pop culture even type subject matter. It's certainly ever present. Um, we've been living with COVID for a year and a half, over a year and a half, provide commentary on various elements of uh, the application of COVID and the concerns, the safety concerns of COVID on parenting. Um, but this one takes it a little further and so then the question becomes, can this even come to Canada? Could that even happen here? You're, I don't know if you can hear me, but you're there. Okay. <laughs> and so I'm still here. So let's roll back a little bit. What is the role of a family court judge on the subject of allowing children to remain in the care of their unvaccinated parents? That's me sort of framing it in more generalized terms. And so the answer is number one, um, once a couple puts their family law case in the hands of a judge, they are not limited to only the issue that they put before the judge. The judge now has control, possession, uh, custodianship over the rights of the parents to children. So for those that are considering going to court, recognize that you cannot just simply say to the judge, our only question is X. We don't need you to answer Y or Z. Not likely to occur once in the hands of a judge. The judge has powers. 
That's number one. Number two, we live in a country for good and for bad that has state control over parenthood. So much so that the governments of Ontario and other provinces grant licenses to organizations called children's aid societies governing the rights of the state to intervene in the life of a private family. Meaning, if a children's aid society is of the view because they get an anonymous call or otherwise that a child is in need of protection, the state can intervene. They could show up at your door with the police and a social worker, and they could remove a child from the hands of a parent or parents, whether they're divorced or together. And so there is the right of the state to intervene. So back to the Chicago question, the family in Chicago where the family court judge stripped a mother, uh, temporarily of course, of her parental rights, can that happen in Canada? The answer is yes, it can happen. So then the bigger question is, will it happen? Well, we just got the announcement today that on September 22, there will be COVID passports issued. Until then, it will be people will have to rely on um, whatever records and documents they have. But eventually there will be QR codes and apps where people can present that they are vaccinated or that they have been tested and proven to be negative. Well, in the, in the months, days, weeks and months following that, we will have to present our COVID tests to get entry into a variety of places. In some cases, it will be theaters, arenas, restaurants, but then the door will widen and widen and widen. And where a child's life involves attending those places and the parent cannot gain entry because they're not vaccinated, what is gonna be the right of the parent to have the children remain in his or her care? And that I can't not answer, but I can only surmise that if a child, for example, plays hockey, and goes in and out of arenas, and the parent who has to take the child into the arena is not permitted entry, then who is going to take the child into the arena? The other parent who is vaccinated. Well, what is it gonna say about the parent that's not vaccinated? Are they allowed to take the child into the arena that they're not allowed, allowed entry into? Probably not. Will a judge then say, well, this child who plays AAA hockey will just simply stop playing AAA hockey because their parent doesn't want to get vaccinated? I don't think so. I think the other parents can have a compelling argument to say, our child plays AAA hockey. They've got practices three times a week. Somebody's got to pick the child up from school and take them to competitive hockey, to the arena. Um, will it be the vaccinated or the unvaccinated parent? And I think that is a more likely scenario where the lack of vaccination, if it interferes with the normal role uh, and routine of the child, may very well play into judges' decision-making authority over the parenting schedule. Yeah, and it's very interesting because, you know, I have thought more about parents arguing about whether or not the child is vaccinated. And I do think we're going to see more of that because up until very recently, children under 12 were not really eligible for the vaccinations because it had, there hadn't been enough testing done to deem that vaccination was safe for children under 12. But now that has happened and that door is opened up. So I do think we're going to see, you know, some arguments between parents on getting the child vaccinated. But I mean, this case 
takes it to a whole different level where it's about, as, you, as we've been saying, the parent's vaccination status. So it, it's not even the child's vaccination status. It is the parent's. And, you know, if a parent is choosing not to get vaccinated, that, you know, this is another area, you know, it might not only affect their employment situation as we're starting to hear about, but it might affect their, their rights to parenting time uh, with respect to their child. Um, and, you know, it's a very real concern that, you know, that can happen. And, um, you know, I think this decision in Chicago that we saw, I mean, I, I think they're appealing it. It'll be interesting to see, um, you know, if, if they're successful. Um, but, you know, as you mentioned, Steve, like this is very much a real issue. And when I, I don't know about you, but I've been going and doing a lot of urgent motions uh, this week on schooling issues and where I have high conflict cases where judges are now, you know, they're deciding where a child is going to school. And in some cases, they're making errors in the school that they're picking. Um, I had one where they're sending a child to an elementary school and it's a, a child is a secondary school student, which again is one of the problems you have when you take power out of the hands of the parents and you ask a court, you know, to intervene. Um, and, you know, I think that's something pe parents need to really think about here is, you know, do you want to take the risk that you end up losing, you know, interim parenting time or interim decision making even with respect to your child because of your vaccination status? And by the way, as much as we're talking about it from the perspective of lawyers and the law, how devastating that would be for a parent to be told by a complete stranger who knows nothing about the parent, who knows nothing about the child, who knows really very little about the circumstances driving the decision to vaccinate or not to vaccinate, that that parent has made a poor decision, so poor that they lose their regular and ongoing relationship with the child. That's pretty devastating for the parent to actually be told that. And then if they're already in family court, there's a very good chance that there are there's a difference of opinion between the two parents on a whole variety of issues outside of the subject of vaccination. And for the one parent to be shamed in front of the other parent, you wonder what impact that's going to have on all of the other decisions and issues that are going to arise in that family. So it's, a, it's certainly a curious question, one that we Canadians have not yet had to manage, but you know, when I think about the COVID passport, if schools and daycares begin requiring the COVID passport and proof of vaccination for entry, well, what is it going to be? What is it going to do to the parents that are not vaccinated and who maybe don't want to prove that they have been tested negative? Is that going to impact their ability to take their children to daycare and to school? Forget the arena for the hockey playing kid. Forget the movie theater for the weekend event. But what about daycares and schools? What about other required locations for the parent that's not vaccinated? And by the way, not judging the decision making of those that do not get vaccinated, but let's call a spade a spade. Every government in civilized society is using everything in their power to cause people to be vaccinated from passports to lotteries. So the amount of sympathy being afforded by governments, let alone judges, to those that are not vaccinated is at an all time low.
And so uh, I don't think people that are choosing to not be vaccinated are going to carry the day in family court. And I'm only saying that based on my assessment of the way the rest of government institutions have been approaching people that are not vaccinated. I should point out we have a question. And the question was, what if the child wants to reside with the unvaccinated parent? And we, as lawyers, have been asked a very similar question for many, many years. What if the child wants blank? Fill in whatever you want with blank. And the answer, certainly in Canada, has been the question is a, one of an objective standard, not a subjective standard. And the question objectively is, what is in the child's best interest? And there might be a judge out there, I doubt it, but there might be a judge out there that would say, that child is best off with the unvaccinated parent. I don't think that's likely to happen, but it's possible. So the child's wishes will probably not carry the day to our questioner. Yes, I mean, I think that, um, you know, the courts have shown um, with this whole, with the whole COVID situation that, you know, they're following uh, the government's lead and the government is following, this, you know, science's lead. And so, you know, going back to the school issue, it's pretty clear cut now that absent a medical reason, um, children are, you know, being ordered, their parents are being ordered to have them return to school in person, not online, um, because the governments have deemed it safe and we're trusting the government. And so I think that carries over into the vaccination question. The governments, as, as Steve mentioned, they're pushing the vaccination. They're do, they're, they put lots of resources into this. And so they don't have sympathy for, you know, anti-vaccination uh, people. And, you know, I saw some interesting headlines um, in some of the newspapers this morning where, you know, it's, it's, it's really sad because we're becoming very divisive as a society. And there was a lot of headlines talking about how just people generally in the public who have been vaccinated, they don't have any sympathy for you know, people who aren't vaccinated. And there's, some of them are going so far as to say that if they get COVID, they don't think they should get, you know, an ICU bed. And they don't, you know, they don't think that they should get, have certain rights. I mean, it's, it's, it's really, you know, in my view, bad what it's coming down to. But I think that, you know, courts are going to follow what the government's done. The, co the courts are going to be very pro-vaccination. And somebody who is in front of a judge trying to argue that, you know, they, they don't agree with the vaccination. Um, it's, you know, their body and, and whatnot. They're not going to get a lot of sympathy. So I guess as good lawyers, what we do is we fight the side of the underdog. So I'm just curious if we were to be in front of a judge tomorrow morning and I represented the unvaccinated parent who for moral spiritual or religious, re scientific even reasons, is choosing to not vaccinate. And she has shared custody of the child. And uh, your client is the vaccinated parent. Your client might very well be taking me to court, my client to court, to say, you know, until my client vaccinates, the child should primarily or entirely reside with your client. Whereas my client, has the right to not get vaccinated, but my client does not have the right to expose the child to the possibility of infection. 
And let's just put aside for a second the question as to whether the child is vaccinated or not. But the child is starting school in a week. And your case is it's just not safe. And more importantly, my client can't even take the child into the building because my client's not allowed in the school unvaccinated. So what is going to be my argument? And my argument will probably be, here are the other accommodations that my client has made to address the fact that she has chosen to remain unvaccinated. For example, um, she is testing. She is testing regularly and providing to the school and to the other parent and whoever needs to know that she is tested negative too. She has been caring for this child for the last 18 months unvaccinated and there's been no evidence of any infection or concern whatsoever. And past behavior is the best indicator of future behavior. Thirdly, the mother can bring the child uh, by car to the door without necessarily leaving the car. And so when the child is with the mother, the child is otherwise perfectly safe. But what the child will really suffer if Leanne's case prevails is this child will be stripped and torn away from his primary caregiver, his mother, and will suffer significant emotional trauma if all of a sudden we impose this draconian order of stripping the child away from a mother after 18 months of non-vaccination simply because there's a passport or simply because she could have been vaccinated, it makes no difference other than it being used by Leanne Townsend and her client as a ploy to get what they always wanted, which is sole custody of the child. How's that for an argument? I think that's a good argument. You're, you're persuading me. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I would, of course, argue, you know, if my client was taking the other position, I, I would strenuously argue that, you know, your client needs to be vaccinated, that we're, you know, there's safety issues to the, the, the health of the child. You know, we're in a fourth wave of the pandemic. The Delta variant is even more dangerous than, you know, the other uh, variants that we've heard about. And that va vaccinations are being mandated. We're going to, you know, by the, by the government for their employees. Hospitals are, you know, letting people go who are not vaccinated. It's a real risk. And that, you know, your client um, is, you know, should not be uh, in the presence of the child until she gets vaccinated. Um, you know, if the child has any health issues, I would certainly highlight those, uh, you know, as reasons as well why the child shouldn't be put in this risky situation. Um, but I do think at the end of the day, vaccination or no vaccination, I mean, the child's emotional bond, um, it, you know, with the parents and, you know, their, the involvement of, you know, say an unvaccinated parent in their life um, and those sorts of factors. And if, if, you know, things like the Ontario Children's Lawyer get involved to find out the child's views and preferences. I, I do think that an unvaccinated parent certainly has a shot at, they're not, you know, I don't think we, we need listeners to be worried that someone like that might, um, you know, permanently lose custody or parenting time. Um, but I don't know if I'm frozen or if you're frozen. So um, it looks like you're frozen, Steve, but I'm not sure it could be me. Uh, so at any rate, I think that it's the whole issue is certainly open to argument. 
I can't tell. I can't tell if I'm frozen or if you're frozen. Oh, must have been Steve. Yeah, okay, it was Steve. Thank you. Uh, hopefully he'll come back um, and we can sort of we can finish the topic. I do see another comment there. Also, what would happen if both parents choose not to vaccinate uh, themselves or their children? Well, I think that would be different. I mean, if the parents are on the same page, then I don't think um, you know they run the risk of running into a problem with this. It's only in situations where the parents are not on the same page, and you have one who's pro-vaccine and one who's you know anti-vaccine, and they're you know in a a high conflict, you know, custody case. I think that's that's the type of situation where the, what we're discussing um, could be a factor and, you know, is something to think about. But if both parents are in agreement with it, this, I, the state isn't going to intervene, um, you know, on, on, in that type of situation. Uh, I don't see Steve coming back yet, but uh, if anyone has any other questions, just type them in the bottom and um, I'll stay here a little bit longer. Oh, he's here, so let me just add him back in. Oh, there you are. I'm okay. back, sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, no, I wasn't, I could see your screen spinning and I wasn't sure if I was frozen or you were frozen, but uh, at any rate, I think it was you, For so. For our viewers um, who are on either side of this, um, whether it's in the body of this um, IG live chat or even privately, um, I want to be very clear that neither Leanne nor I form any judgments on people's decision to vaccinate or not to vaccinate. We're simply having a live, healthy debate. Um, and I actually, as a lawyer, forget my personal and religious views, as a lawyer, I uh, respect whatever the decision is that the parent makes. And as true good lawyers do. We try our best to advance the views and the arguments of our client. And quite frankly, when we saw the article, when Leanne and I saw the article about the, the mom in Chicago. Oh, I think he's gone again. Let's see if, if uh, he comes back, but uh... Yeah, I mean, I think this is a, an issue that is going to be hotly debated. And I do think it's one that at some point someone is going to be asking a judge here in Canada to make a ruling on. So it will be interesting. But when we're looking at the best interest of the child, you know, so many things do come into play. And so the vaccination status of the parent will be one issue. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of Divorce Explained. If you enjoyed it, don't forget to head on over to Instagram and follow at Steve Benmore and at Leanne Townsend Life for more. And if you're looking for specific divorce services, you can visit benmore.com and leannetownsend.ca. We hope today's episode made you feel informed and inspired as you move along through your divorce journey. Tune in next week for Divorce Explained.